This is with an Ohio Bias, a podcast of real fans with D.N. Jake, taking a big win on the road going into Mile High Stadium. Uh, Jake, it gets no more exciting than what Baker Mayfield did last week um, at home, getting a win over the Panthers, and it kind of went the way we thought it would. It was a wacky, weird game, especially with the officiating, but the Browns found a way to win, and in the end, the defense came up with a big play to seal the victory. Yeah, and, you know, I mean, this team, especially on offense, it's kind of hitting a stride. I saw a stat uh, this week. Baker has been knocked down, not sat, knocked down four times in the last four weeks, uh, which is the least by any team by a mile. Uh, so the, the offensive line that we thought was going to be a problem all year has actually started to gel. Greg Robinson's playing well. Uh, maybe they're not getting as many rushing yards as they want to, but uh, I, I can I can see hope there with the offensive line. And, yeah, you might need to draft a, a left tackle at some point and sure it up, but uh, – you know, it's amazing the transformation that this team has taken since the firing of Hugh Jackson uh, to the point where we are now in a very short time. And I don't know if that says a lot about Hugh Jackson or what, but uh, it's fun to watch. And Baker Mayfield, you know, another quarterback ranking of 126, uh, 18 of 22. Uh, just uh, incredible what he's been able to do in his first year with this team. Yeah, and I think the other thing that we pointed out, we talked about in the preview show with that Panthers podcast, Miles Garrett, we talk about those two plays back-to-back going into the end of the half, um, in the first half. Um, and, I mean, I don't care what anybody says, that ball was not going forward. That was a fumble. So he had an impact on the game. And I think that just gave the, the Browns momentum. They got the ball back coming out of the half. And, I mean, pretty much um, you felt like the Browns were going to find a way to win that game. And, uh, Cam couldn't push it all the way through. It felt like Cam just didn't want to go full Superman, and that was fine with me because the Brownies got the dub. Yeah, you know, and you, you look at the very first quarter of that game in the first drive, Carolina goes right down, scores a touchdown, and you're thinking, oh, shit. And then uh, the offense comes out, and Baker Mayfield goes deep, and Rashad Perryman's there, and you're scoring a touchdown not 45 seconds later. So uh, in what used to be a situation where, the Browns would have, uh, you know, gone three and out and maybe gone down 10 nothing or 17 nothing before they got going. Uh, Baker Mayfield wasn't having any of it and uh, took that team down and uh, punched it right back in, letting Carolina know that we were here for the whole fight. So the one thing that I did notice watching that game, and it was for both teams, but we only care about the Browns here right, with an Ohio bias, um, is that, you need some more targets out there. Jarvis Landry, 
hell of a game. Freddie Kitchens called a hell of a game. But um, I was watching Cam Newton think about the talent he had and watching Baker Mayfield and just thinking these guys need more talent at the skill positions. Um, McCaffrey is awesome for Newton and the Panthers and whatnot, but you look at Funches, you look at the rookie DJ Moore, and the reason I bring up DJ Moore is kind of what the Browns are going into next season. Yeah, they can draft a guy, Jake, but that guy is still going to take two or three years to materialize into a great player. Now, maybe he is an uber superstar in the making waiting to happen. I don't see that. Maybe we can watch closely during these college bowl games, and maybe you'll see a little flash of that standing out ready to go to the next level. But um want to look at some of these free agent targets, man, because Baker needs another target, if not two, to throw to um, just to keep the – and it would make Landry and, you know, Callaway and Njoku, it would make it easier for the other guys just to have another target out there. Yeah, you know, I mean, obviously, I think you need you need talent in a lot of places, and you can't get every position in the draft. And usually, wide receiver is one of the toughest ones to get right in the draft, as we've seen over and over again. Um, and unfortunately, this year in free agency, the uh, the list of wide receiver free agents is poo poo. It's bad. Um, your best options are Larry Fitzgerald and Randall Cobb. Uh, Dante Moncrief, Golden Tate, John Brown, Adam Humphrey. So, uh, hey, Josh Gordon's available if you're interested. Uh, actually, Rashad Perriman is going to be a free agent. So, you know, you wonder if maybe I'll, you just take a look at bringing him back as, uh, you, as a free you, you agent. You definitely bring him back because it's cheap. That's all I was going right. to say. You definitely bring him back because it's cheap. Yeah, no, I, I think so. But, uh, you know, there's three guys that I – kind of looked at in the draft, I think could be immediate help for the Browns. Uh, one of them is uh, right here in Ohio at, uh, in Columbus, Paris Campbell. Uh, maybe a little bit larger version of a Tyree Kill, maybe something like what Curtis Samuels is starting to do in Carolina. Um, but, uh, you know, speed and a guy that you can get going left and right to stretch the field that way before having to go north and south with Nick Chubb. Uh, Marquise Brown, the Oklahoma wide receiver who played with Baker Mayfield, uh, definitely undersized at 5'11", about 160 pounds. He's going to have to put on some weight, uh, but he can fly and kind of remind you a little bit of Tyree Kill. Uh, so if you want to look that way, that's that's a possibility. And then David Sills, uh, a guy that uh, you know went to the wide receiver position from quarterback, six foot four, uh, and all these guys, they're not going to take your first round draft pick. I, I think you could get Paris Campbell in the second and Marquise Brown in the second or third and Sills maybe even by the time the fourth round rolls around. Um, so with the lack of talent at the, the wide receiver free agency, one guy that actually kind of piqued my interest that's a free agent this year is uh, a tight end, kind of in a wide receiver uh, body, and that's Jared Cook, uh, the Oakland Raiders tight end. Uh, another big-bodied wide receiver that maybe you could uh, utilize with David Njoku. It would be something a little bit different uh, that not a lot of teams can show. Uh, maybe it's uh, similar to what Philly's got going on with Kurtz and Godair. Uh So it, it, it's being done, but not being done by very many teams. And then you look at 2020 and maybe some trade opportunities. Uh, A.J. Green's going to be a free agent in 2020, and so is Tyler Boyd. And they're not going to be able to sign them both. So do they want to maybe get a, get something for one of their guys, and you could get an A.J. Green in here. Uh, if you want to wait till free agency in 2020, Tyree Kill, a John Dorsey guy, becomes a free agent unrestricted in 2020, and so does Michael Thomas. Uh, I would imagine that the Saints are going to do everything they can to keep Michael Thomas, but you never know. He's a Buckeye, and 
maybe he wants to come back to Columbus and uh, be close to Columbus. Uh, Sterling Shepard, Emmanuel Sanders, those are also a couple guys that are there in the 2020 free agent class that who knows may be available in a trade for next year. But uh, just looking into it, uh, it doesn't look too great as far as the free agents for this year. But that doesn't mean that there aren't definite possibilities to upgrade the off season, the uh, the wide receiver position in the off season this year. A couple of guys are watching the college ranks uh, that are, you know, just in that top tier. I love the Marquise Brown with the Oklahoma connection, like you talked about. Um, Kevin Harmon, uh, NC State. Colin Johnson, Texas, a 6'5 kid. Nikhil Harris of Arizona State, 6'4. Um, you want to be watching those guys in their bowl games. Debo Samuel for South Carolina and A.J. Brown for Ole Miss. So those are, the, you know, uh, those other targets that you mentioned. Um, just want to check out those bowl games and keep your eye on those guys. But here's two names for you, Jake. One is a reclamation project. One is a guy that's on a practice squad that we know is productive and has Ohio ties, too, of course. Kevin White, we know the West Virginia guy, was a first-round, high first-round draft pick by the Bears. He would be a reclamation project. Sounds similar to Bashar Perriman. And then Roger Lewis, the Bowling Green product, who was with the Giants, has shown some flashes up there playing with Eli, um, is now on the Titans practice squad. No, I think you're kind of dead on with the type of guy that Dorsey's probably going to be bringing in, a guy that has high upside but uh, probably needs a lot of help as far as where he's at in his career is going to be kind of a cheap uh, cheap fix with uh, a lot of upside if things go right. I mean, with Kevin White, it's always been his health that's been the mm-hmm. issue. And can he stay healthy to, to, do, to do what he needs to do? Um, and then, uh, like you said, a, a guy, you know, any guy that uh, has some Ohio ties is always somebody we're looking for, uh, and he's going to be available. So uh, I, I think that's also a good recommendation. And uh, it's just a, a matter of what, how much of the salary cap do you want to uh, put towards that wide receiver position this year? I mean, even a guy like Terrell Pryor, who's kind of out of the league right now, and the sex success he had with the Browns before he had to sign the big contract. You know how I feel Washington. about TPZ, man. <laughs> yeah, and he's, he's been hurt, you know, so could, could he get healthy and, and contribute anymore? I don't know. He's getting a little bit older at this point. Uh, but uh, th- there are definite options to help uh, upgrade this offense for 2019-2020. Definitely. Um, let's look at this uh, Browns-Broncos games. Um, let's just get this part out the way, Jake. The Broncos, we hate them. We've always hated them since the, that, the since Elway. Um, but this time, I think the Browns are going in. They got Case Keenum, who doesn't have a lot of targets to throw to, let's be honest. You mentioned Emmanuel Sanders being one of those free agents um, in a couple of years. He's out with the torn Achilles. Um, well, he's out with the injury um, for the rest of the season. I mean, they're, they're down to Corey Latimer, and um, I can't even remember who else is on that depth chart. But um, it, you look at Portland this Broncos Sutton. team. Yeah, that's who it Portland is. Cortland Sutton. Sutton. Yeah, yeah, that's the guy. Yeah. yeah, there you go. Um, the, the Broncos, you know, they're 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 going in a similar situation as the Browns right now. They're six and seven. We're five, seven, and one, of course. Um, they still got Von Miller, so the defense is still going to bring some um, agitation, and they can move the ball a little bit. And they have this. Um, unsigned um, free agent rookie running back who has been tearing everything up. So how do you see this one playing out? What, what do you like? I mean, the Browns just got to get acclimated to the to the air, and maybe they can keep going the way they've been going. 
Yeah, and I know Greg Williams took him out there on Thursday just to try to get a little bit more uh, acclimated to uh, the air conditions uh, mile high. And you're right, losing Emmanuel Sanders really hurts them. Uh, they're also possibly out with – going to be missing Brandon Marshall, their middle linebacker, uh, and uh, Tremaine Brock, their starting, court, their starting quarterback. Uh, and the big one that we're waiting on is to see if we can get Denzel Ward back this week. It looks like Ogan Doby is going to be good to go. Uh, so we're, we're about as healthy as we've been all season since the beginning, I mean, minus, of course, Christian Kirksey, uh, who's out for the entire year. Um, you know, I feel like NBC did this just so that they could show highlights of the drive in the fumble and rub it in a little bit more, put us in prime time against Denver. And they keep saying it's because of Baker Mayfield. And let me uh, let me say this right now, though, Jake. You know what about that? The drive and the fumble. It don't hurt that much right now because what That's we got moment, going. Yeah, yeah it, it's not. It doesn't have the same pain yeah. when you're 0 and 31. You know what I'm saying? Like it was right. last year. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> right. I'm willing to give it a middle finger when they show it, which they're inevitably going to do. But, uh, yeah, I think we got something for Denver this year. Um, I, I don't believe you – know, I'm not scared at all about Case Keenum. Uh, Philip Lindsley obviously is the guy that you're going to have to game plan against and stop. Uh, we saw what Christian McCaffrey was able to do to the Browns. Uh, and I don't know why they went uh, away from him for so long as they did. Uh, but, uh, you know, as far as having to concentrate on one player, and we've been in this position where you only have one good offensive player and they're able to take that guy away, uh, I would think that Greg Williams knows that and will make uh, Case Keenum beat us if anybody's going to beat us. So uh, I definitely uh, am encouraged and think we're going to go out to Denver and maybe get just a little bit of revenge for what they did to us back in the 80s. No, minus three. Yeah, it op- it opened at minus four and it's been bet down to two and a half at most places. Oh. So that's a pretty that's big almost move even money, right? It's a pretty big move through the key number of three. You know, a lot of games okay. in with a field goal. So for it to move under two and a half, uh down to two and a half, it's uh that's good movement for the Browns case. The Broncos are six and two against the spread, so um I I I don't know. Jake, I'm just going to tell you this right now, man. I'm riding this brown and orange wave, man. I don't know how you can stop this guy Baker Mayfield. Um, you know, I think he, I think he, I think the offensive line is going to have some problems with Von Miller, but um, I think we could just outlast these guys up there a mile high. They haven't shown that they can put up a lot of offense. Um, they've been winning a lot of close games, and if the Browns can find a way, just like they were against the Panthers, um, get up and make the Panthers – they made the Panthers play a little scramble, and they can put the pressure on Denver's offense to have to score and not be able to run the ball um, and just do what the Broncos usually always do when they have a good running back um, is try to do a little ball control offense. I think the Browns, if we can get up 21, you know, in the first half or something like that, have some good series like they've been doing – I think the Browns can control this game and win. I don't think it's going to be a huge lopsided victory or anything like that, but I think they win by a touchdown. So I got the Browns 28-17. I'll get the Browns 28-21, actually. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm kind of in the same ballpark. I, I think it'll be you know, it'll be a close game just because it's on the road and it's an NFL game. Uh, but when I look around at who has the most talent in the different spots, to me it's the Cleveland Browns. Uh, I think that, uh, and this is hard to say, but I think the Browns have a better defense at this point than the Broncos. Um, and I definitely think that they have a better offense at this point. Uh, so give me the Browns on the road to win their first one in a while, 24-20 outside of the division. 
and we always key on a couple guys. So this week we're going, you talked about that defense, Jake. I'm going T.J. Carey and Demarius Randall. Demarius Randall is, is easy to say. He had the hot hand on the reception. T.J. Carey got some atrocious uh, uh, P.I. calls, but I think those yeah, guys step up and catch Case Keenum on a couple. Well, you know, and you're right, too. I mean, don't forget about the third team that we've got to compete against, and that's the referees. <laughs> uh, so we'll, we'll see how that all plays out, is that's always the intangible that you never know about. The, uh, plug the, uh, plug the uh, other podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're uh, back in the book with uh, me and Mike Young from CG Technology. Uh, Mike's a sports wagering and integrity analyst for CG Technology who operates the Venetian, uh, M, Cosmopolitan, Sportsbooks in Vegas. So uh, one of the big boys as far as uh, the bookmakers out there in uh, the desert. So I'll have him on. We do a show every Friday, usually post either Friday night or Saturday, breaking down the biggest action of the week. Uh, usually, uh, since we've been going to the NFL games, of course, college football, talking a little bit of college basketball as well, and we'll keep this thing going uh, year-round as best we can to give you the best info, trends, uh, insights, and Mike's picks, which uh, he's been doing pretty well this year. And if you tailed, you've probably made a few bucks, uh, and we'll uh, do that again this Friday and get it out to you on Saturday. So check out another episode of In the Book. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we'll talk at you next time. As always, go Browns.